The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. To welcome to our happy place, welcome to the No Guilt Disney podcast, where we have no guilt about our love for all things Disney. We're two and sometimes three Disney fangirls who probably know more about the Disney parks than most grown women should, and we're perfectly okay with that. 100% okay with that, and of all things. Um, hey, y'all, I'm Patty Holiday from NoGuiltDisney.com and No Guilt. Uh, travel, no guilt, fangirl, no guilt life. It's just the whole no guilt universe that I have immersed myself into. Um, you can find me on all socials at no guilt life. And uh, we are missing Jane today, but Teresa, Teresa is joining me. Hey, Teresa, where can Hello. they find you? Yes, so I'm Teresa and you can find me everywhere at Gertie the Dino. And she's going to be discussed a little bit later today. Super excited about that. We're- she is. We have to talk about how your phone just like exploded because yes, it, I imagine it did. A couple <laughs> things. A couple of things making my phone blow up over the past week. Um, so some some of it good. Some of it we're, we'll see how it turns out. Uh, but yes, we'll, we have a lot to discuss this episode. We do. This is a kind of a, a news, um, hyphenated news slash your wine and dine primer, uh, getting you ready for the race weekend. So it's going to be a mismatch of things, um, as always, because it's our favorite. Um, <clears throat> but I would not be me if I didn't start off by just admitting that um, I have a problem, Teresa. I have been a little unfocused of late. Um, for those that don't know, I love fandoms, like fandoms, I just fandoms in general. I love how much people love whatever it is that they love. And so for a while there, Teresa, I got to watch you and your friends on Twitter talking about your baseball. Oh, which was for me personally, a little heartbreaking. <laughs> I, I, I know, I know. And the, and now it's, now it's transitioned to, I have a ton of Twitter, um, Disney mutuals who are Phillies fans. Yes. So yeah, there's a big contingent. There's of a big Diz contingent of y'all out there. So Dis Twitter Philly fans are like all hyped right now. So we're I'm watching that. Um, but obviously, and I kept telling I kept telling Jane that I was going to find a way to tie this into Disney. Um, but the Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey of it all. Uh, before anybody like says ah, not no no no. Okay, listen, this is not going to turn into that kind of discussion. However. Just because it's been such a big like focus of my life lately, and I will admit, this is what I do. I go down rabbit holes. I, I deep dive into things once I get excited about them. Jane has been dragging me into the swiftiness of it all for the past year. So that's, that's, that part's not new. That part's not new. Um, and I've actually loved the Kelsey's from the Kelsey Bowl, from the Super Bowl. Um, I, that's where I met them. We're big NFL people over here. We are Dallas Cowboy fans. So therefore, we obviously have to hate the Eagles which I hate because I absolutely adore Jason Kelsey. Um, anyway, I was listening to their podcast. This is how I'm tying it all in. I was listening to their podcast and they were talking about their favorite theme park experiences and whatever. And you know what they mentioned? What did they mention? Typhoon Lagoon. They really? went to 
Travis and Jason apparently did go to Disney World at some point as children. I've also seen pictures of them on Tower of Terrors as adults. So I know that they've been at least at some point. Um, they've won Super Bowl. So, you know, at some point they had to go to, to Disney World or Disneyland or whatever. But anyway, um, anyway, uh, they mentioned that Typhoon Lagoon was the scariest um wave pool they'd ever been in. And Jason was like, well, it was the first wave pool I'd ever been in. But, you know, it was it was terrifying to me. So anyway, so that's how we're going to kick off this episode of New News. Um, for those of you that get it, get it. Um, Jane would be here saying New News, but she's not because... Jane had things to do today. Um, but anyway, uh, the Kelsey's have a great podcast. If you are into, um, into, into sports and into football and just into like two really decent dudes that are really funny, this is, uh, listen, they're, they're, they're embracing the whole swiftiness of it all. And I really appreciate that. Um, but I've been listening to them since the Kelsey Bowls. So this is all just like my worlds are colliding all over the place. And so when they said Disney on their podcast, I got super excited. I was like, I can mention it on my podcast now too. It's like a little collab with a new Heights podcast that I just made up and is actually not a thing. Anyway, <laughs> the collab is not a thing. The podcast is a thing. Unless they're <laughs> listening, in which case maybe it can be a thing. Hey, you know what? And I, I think that we could just like invite them to come out and do one of these run Disney races with us one day. I think that would be a lot of fun um, to see them out there uh, in costume, maybe who knows, but uh, yeah, just consider this your invitation to the Kelsey's. You guys are always invited to come down and hang with us at Disney, uh, Disneyland, Disney world, either way. We'll, we'll take care of you guys. Um, if you want to oh, be a spectator, talk to Patty. Cause she will give you some good Swifty signage. I Patty's your girl. I've got some great ideas for this upcoming race weekend. Okay. Uh, probably the 10 K you're probably not going to see me for the half marathon, but you'll probably see me for the 10 K with some Swifty Kelsey signage. I'm sorry. This is who I've become. It's not my fault. It's just my DNA. It's how I work. Um, but okay. Um, so we are going to talk a little bit about Run Disney. And um, what you guys need to know, first of all, is obviously the race is like two weeks away from now. Um, and there are, is some news that came out um, just like just just like three days ago um, with the event guide and um, the start line and and all of these things um, have come out. First of all, I've got this linked in show notes for you. Anything you need to like touch base on or go read, I've got some good information in there. If this is your first Ren Disney event and you are looking for kind of like a beginner's guide to Ren Disney, I also have like a step by step like what your day is going to look like and what what you're going to experience going to one of these races. Um, that's the, I think I call it the beginner's guide to Ren Disney. I'll link that in the show notes too. So those will be some links for you guys to check them out if this is new to you. Um, something to notice if this is not new to you, the Wine and Dine Half Marathon course map is out and it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different. And one of the biggest things that we can get excited about is you no longer have to walk like two miles out to the start. <laughs> Wasn't two miles, but it felt like two miles. It was like it was, it was like a mile though, Teresa. It was like a mile. It was your warm up. It was your warm up for the race. It was your warm up after your warm up because now they make you park and then you go all the way through Epcot security all the way back out and then you'd have to go out and up. so I'm not kidding. At that extent, they were like adding on about two miles before your race. 
But for this race, you are actually starting literally in the Epcot parking lot, like we do with the five and the 10 Ks, which is, which is great. Um, in order to do that, they made some other changes to the course. So I just wanted to, to call those out for those that are curious about it. Um, there's no out and back. There was an out and back section before. You don't have to do that this year. Um, instead, they're going to loop you by Blizzard Springs and Coronado, um, Blizzard Beach and Coronado Springs. So kind of if you can visualize what that looks like on, on Disney World, then you'll know what I'm talking about. If not, we have the map. You can go look at the map. Um, you're going to start in that Epcot parking lot. And then it also looks like they're giving you a little bit more time through Hollywood Studios. So that's always exciting. More part-time. I mean, this is why we pay for this. This is why we stress ourselves out of a registration. This is why we join Club Run Disney so we don't have to stress ourselves out of a registration. Like, it's a whole thing, right? Um, it's so that you can get more part-time. This one is going to give you a little bit more part-time um, through uh, Hollywood Studios. So that's cool. Get to and get Galaxy's I think, Edge and Toy Story Land, which I think is awesome. And you run by Gertie. And I think go by Gertie. I, I know historically from looking, I think the Walt Disney World Marathon, I, I believe that the full would go by that part of Hollywood Studios um, and kind of running by Echo yeah. Lake. And that was one of the things I've been trying to keep an eye out for is for upcoming halves. Um, I am I'm running my first half in January for the Walt Disney World Half Marathon. Uh, they put Gertie in the artwork, which was <laughs> what was the selling point there for like the, the 13. She was she was present. And I believe in the past, the half for Walt Disney World Marathon has not gone through Hollywood mm -hmm. Studios um, because of just the placement. So no, I'm like, it, it I'm does. Just, no, you're right. It doesn't. Yeah, the half right. doesn't. But so I've been keeping an eye out to be like, maybe since they put her in the artwork, it'll go there. So kind of no, seeing that. I know it's going to be different based on starting. And, you know, I know the yeah. Walt Disney World Marathon course is different, but <laughs> I'm, I'm holding on to hope that I will get to run by her in my first like real distance race. Real race. Yeah. No, that would be awesome. Um, my only concern with that is that that half marathon, like one of the hype things about it is that you get to run through the castle. The castle yeah. And so it's hard to get the castle and Hollywood Studios combined yes. unless you really did something crazy. And I don't. I don't think I, they would mess yeah. up, you know, all of the other mapping that they have to do for the full race weekend right. to accommodate that. But we'll but, see. We'll see. We'll you see. can always go take your picture with Gertie afterwards in your shirt with hopefully exactly. has Gertie on it. So. Yes. Um, okay. So that's the map there. That's kind of like the biggest, biggest thing that I had to take away. But I did also want to call out a couple of other things. First of all, we got a new chief in charge. There's a new guy in charge of Run Disney. This is Adam Ball. Um, Adam is now the vice president of ESPN Wide World of Sports, Run Disney, and Disney Water Parks. So any beef that you have with those three <laughs> parts of Walt Disney World, take it to Adam. He's the one in charge. Farron Kelly used to be the guy in charge. He has moved on. I don't know if it was a promotion or just, I don't, I don't. I don't know what their org chart looks like, but um, I believe he's still at Disney. He just has is doing something a little bit different now. Um, but I think in my lifetime, in my Ren Disney lifetime, it's been Farron Kelly. So this is very new and very different. And with new and different things, um, new and different people in charge, sometimes they shake things up and they like to do something different. One small thing compared to what Teresa is going to talk about in a minute that we noticed with Ren Disney, um, but one small change that I um, wanted to call out to you is that they are um, doing a start group opening and closing time. They they announced it in advance. They always did this. It just wasn't announced. So a lot of times people who like to sleep in or who got caught in traffic or who were just hanging out in the family area with friends and weren't paying attention 
would go, oh, crud, you know, the race starts in 20 minutes. I got to hurry up and get to my crowd. And so they'd go running through it. They are now officially letting you know when those cutoff times are, when those um, start corrals will close. So for example, in the 5K, um, the the race starts at 5 a.m. Group A will close at 4.45 a.m. So that means if you're in group A and you want to get there at 4.46, they're going to tell you to go ahead and get into group B. They're not going to let you to get up into group A. Um, So keep that in mind as you're making your timing and you're looking at your watch and you're doing your pre-run things to do that they are letting you know in advance what that expectation is. So please go and look at those so that you know when you need to be in your corral because kind of stinks like if you have an A corral and then you, you know, because you weren't paying attention, you're now in C corral, right? That, that's a bummer. So you don't want to do that. And you don't want to stress out volunteers because they don't get paid to listen to you whine about that. That's on you, baby. Um, especially now that they're giving you the times that you need to know about. Um, again, all of that, I do have it linked below that you can go and you can read about. Feel free to come to the Facebook group and ask any questions. Um, I suspect that some of this upcoming race weekend will be different and we may not know those differences until we get there and experience it because of some of the, just like I said, small tweaks and small changes that we're sensing and that we're seeing in the Run Disney community. Um, So keep an eye on that. Be prepared. Um, Likewise, if you do see something or you are told something or you find something different at Expo or whatever, please feel free to come into the group and let us know what you heard or what, because, you know, more eyes and ears on the ground, if we can all collectively come up with kind of what's changing or what's happening, I'll take it. And I want the, I want the information. So feel, feel free to come into the group and tell us that. Um, also, if you happen to see any um, Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift sightings while we're at the race, you can certainly come into the group and let me know. Okay. Um, Jane's going to kill me for that. <laughs> Jane's over me. And Jane loves the Swifties and everybody. She's like, Patty, you got to get a group. I'm taking it too far. Okay. Um, so that's what you need to know that we, that I could pick out just by a quick going through the, um, event guide that I saw. Now there is something else that I heard about and Teresa has got a little bit more detail on it. Um, that is going to be a change. And this is again, one of those things that we know it's being an announced change now. Will it, also stay this way for further races. We don't know yet because we got to see how it works for the first race. Sometimes they course correct. Sometimes they try things out and then they fix it and they go, oh, that didn't work or let's tweak it this way. Um, Teresa, this has to do with our athletes with disabilities, right? Yes. Um, okay. So you, I might shorten that. AWD is the shortened acronym. So I might refer to it as that just for you know expediency. But yes. So And this is something not everybody might be aware about because they only communicated this information to people who are registered as AWDs for wine and dine. Mm -hmm. And some of this information is starting to get shared in Facebook groups or, you know, people who have been impacted sharing it on social media. So I'm going to read a quick note that was put in one of the Facebook groups to kind of sum up what the situation is. Um, There is a new policy in place for non-wheel dependent AWDs. Um, including those with service dogs. They are told that they will be starting in regular corrals with everyone else. They may be tethered to a guide or service dog. Um, And I'm just going to stop there before I read the rest of the statement. Um, So this is a big change. Uh, Historically, the athletes with disabilities have all checked in together at a tent um, 
the morning of the race and have all, I think at one point they were all starting behind the A group together. Um, recent races, it's been after the B group goes, mm-hmm. they are then kind of filtering them in. They don't have their own dedicated corral. They're just kind of, you know, filtered in behind the B group, which allows all of those runners and their guides to be able to effectively communicate with each other, to have the space that they need, um, and just kind of making sure that, again, for sort of safety, for making sure that those runners are able to have that accommodation, mm-hmm. they've had them start, you know, behind the B group and have them all start at the same time. Um, so this is a big shift. Uh, this information about the timing change was just shared, you know, two weeks before the race. Um, and this is definitely going to be stressful for folks who are in the AWD community. So the rest of the statement is, we're asking everyone to be kind, considerate, and be respectful to the AWDs and their companions. Embracing and promoting inclusive running through the Run Disney community is important now more than ever. Uh, And so the way that AWDs can be identified, um, if you've ever seen somebody who has a a gold bib on their back, kind of noting them or their companion as like an AWD racer or AWD companion on the front of their bib. You might have also noticed people with a gold a gold circle sticker on it. Um, that those are going to be the AWDs. So if you're in a corral and you see somebody like that who's you know frustrated or kind of seems a little off, just make sure give them space, give them compassion. Um, and I re- wanted to bring this up because you know this is a big shift, and I think the timing of it the communication only going to that population, it not being publicly announced as a new policy. I think there's just a lot of challenges with the way that this news is rolling out. Um, They've been, there is going to be an AWD tent or booth at Expo. And that's where they're telling people to check in, like when they're at Expo, going to get their bib, also go over there. Um, They've being told, somebody has communicated with Run Disney and Run Disney is basically telling them to plead their case at the AWD booth during Wine and Dine, if they think that, you know, to have them- They should be, be in a higher in, corral. In higher yeah. corral, particularly because with two weeks until race time, most of them who have never had to provide proof of time before- Yeah. Won't necessarily be able to get that in time. They might not be able to get to their doctor to get a note indicating that, you know, they do need different What their needs are, what their concerns are, yeah. Yes, and I've, I've seen people mentioning, you know, oh, they, they should just train harder- And this isn't, you know, going back to, this isn't about training. This isn't about people, you know, needing that time to complete the race because of athletic ability. This is about being able to communicate effectively with your guide. Yeah, we're not going to do that. That's not, that's Yeah, this is for people who maybe, you know, have certain mental conditions where they might have an episode during the race and just Mm -hmm. need to move off to the side momentarily Mm -hmm. and get back on. For them, it is about granting a little extra time not because they haven't trained, but because of right. a medical need. So be, be patient with everyone as they're figuring this out. Um, but I, I'm hoping that they rethink this uh, as it moves to marathon weekend. That is going to be the first race I'm doing as an athlete with mm-hmm. a disability. I've been able to get through the five Ks before, but I'm much more anxious about doing a half. It's a longer race, yeah. And, sure. and I had signed up, you know, specifically thinking of doing my first half as a run Disney event, not just because I love Disney, but because of how they have, you know, handled the situation athletes with disabilities in the past and kind of knowing that I could go having an idea of what to expect and knowing that it would be a smooth race experience for all of the training that these people are doing to kind of complete the race. So we will see if things change. Um, I do want to shout out uh, K 
Kayla runs Disney on Instagram. She is also a runner with vision disabilities and has done a lot of races in the past. She just completed the Chicago Marathon. So she's, you know, she's well-versed in racing, racing as a runner with a disability. And she's been really great at collecting information and sharing it. So if you, if you are running with a disability or if you consider doing Run Disney as an athlete with a disability, I would definitely go follow her um, for updates as we get more information, particularly after we see how, how race weekend has gone. Yeah. Um, I mean, listen, I guess my issue with this is I don't, I don't get it. Um, again, we're not privy to why they feel the need to make this change. So I, I mean, I can guess and we can come up with all kinds of reasons that may or may not be truthful. Um, we don't want to do that because that's just sharing perceptions. Mm-hmm. That's not sharing any kind of proof or any kind of um, anything that we really actually know. But there are certainly things that are being said out there that uh, people are kind of linking to this change. And the only thing I can attest to personally is being up in corrals and seeing the athletes with disabilities uh, queuing up, you know, over to the side. There's not that many of them. So it just seems odd to me that this needs to be like this big, huge change for a pretty small subset of runners that I can't imagine that they're like causing any problems or really like, I I don't know. It just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me on that, on that level. Um, Again, I'm not privy to the numbers. I don't know what they're seeing on their end or why they think this is important to do. Um, but I am with you, Teresa, just in general, the, the general information and the rollout of it, I don't think was well communicated at all. Uh, yeah, and, shocker, and it just, Ren Disney and it seems, doesn't communicate well. Hmm. And it seems like before. there's, you know, conflicting information or just yes. confusing information. Yes. I'm going to read straight from, uh, I did get a screenshot of part of the email. Okay. And it says, human guides and the athlete they are assisting do not need to check in at the athletes with disabilities tent and must start together in their assigned start group. Athlete starting position is determined by proof of time or anticipated finish time to ensure you are participating to, with those with a similar pace to provide a safe race experience. I have also heard that somebody saw a map of the corrals and it did look like there was an AWD corral area, but for gold sticker, mm-hmm. you know, r- racers only. We're not sure. It, it, again, the information just seems very conflicting. It seems like yeah. there might be a spot for AWDs, but only for certain ones. It's seeming like you might get put into, you know, a corral when you get there. So I would say if What's, it's a concern you have, like definitely talk, go to Expo when you're there. Go yeah, talk to the, the people Absolutely. You've got to go booth. talk to the people to get it. And that's and, also maybe like the biggest problem is that if you're an experienced AWD person and you didn't realize you needed to do that, you didn't get the email or you just, you know, glanced over it or whatever, assuming that it was all going to be run as normal. Hopefully the word is getting out and hopefully right. that will not happen. I even tried to look at the virtual expo um, information yeah. to see if that was, you know, noted anywhere on there, having a special space for athletes with disabilities to see the most up-to-date information. And I couldn't find it. So I yeah. think that's where one of the challenges are is that I only, because I know somebody who is being very vocal about this I was able to get information from her. Got it. But I think this is something, if it is, this is a huge shift. And I I wish there was just more easily available information about it and what to do. Uh, Agreed. Agreed. Uh, And again, I, I do like to give credit where credit's due. Most of the time, Disney does course correct and, you know, does a better job at things that the whole 
costume drama that went on um, is an example of that. Um, I think people, if you missed that one, it was just, they put out something about costumes. People were interpreting it like incredibly narrowly. And when Disney finally came back and was like, no, you know, here, here's what, here's what we really meant, you know? And so they did come back out and, and kind of clarified what they really meant. Um, which unfortunately still meant that some of the fun costumes um, are off the table. Like literally some people run in tables and those are no longer allowed. Um, so some of the fun costumes are not going to be there, um, but they did clarify. Cause like, you know, people were reading into it as like, you couldn't even have um, a tutu on, or you couldn't even have like a, a running skirt on because that was a layered effect. And Disney was like, calm down, you know, and they did, they came back and they clarified things. So hopefully um, we get some better clarification. Um, I, I do feel for the athletes with disability runners who are probably nervous and, and stressed out about running a race like this in the first place. Cause I can only imagine how hard it must be Teresa to be visually impaired and running half a marathon in the dark, you know, half of it's going to be in the dark as you're taking off with a bazillion people around you. Like, I think you're already anxious to, uh, you know, on those levels. Uh, and then when they kind of, you know, throw this out there as well, that kind of like, that stirs everything up. So as we noted, please like have kindness, um, give them support, give them a little space if they, you know, if, if you see them. Um, Cause I do think that that's kind of the most important thing is, uh, oh, and dogs, dogs are not your friends. Those are yes, working yes, dogs. Yes, if you see a dog at the race, that is most likely a service dog yeah. or a guide dog um, and that they will be working. You know, that dog is going to be working for a let few her, hours. Let them do their hard. job. So yes, just make sure that you... I know I'm I'm the kind of person I see a dog there I, I want to pet the dogs always always, but these, always these dogs are on the job so just make sure giving giving their runners and their their companions whether it's human or furry just making sure they have space that they need and are able to get themselves ready for for completing a race like these these races are significant and you know we all everybody who's doing a race puts in a lot of time and effort to complete it and just want to make sure that everyone's having able to have as good of an experience as possible. 100%. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Okay. Um, now on to additional news. Uh, more new news. Um, we have just a, a couple of things that came out um Again, last week was kind of news of Palooza. Um, no, first and foremost, let's just like rip the bandaid off and talk about all the cost increases, all the price increases, because there were some some pretty hefty ones. Um, annual passes, for example, went up at both coasts. So Walt Disney World and Disneyland both saw an increase in the annual pass programs. Uh, I got under the water at Disney World and renewed uh, because I 
I, I kind of felt like it was going to happen. So I renewed early. Um, Disney World, Disneyland, I was not uh, eligible to renew yet. So they got me. They're going to And the Disneyland price increase for annual passes was, was more significant. It was. So it, for the, we're not going to read the exact yeah. amounts for each one, but for Walt Disney World annual passes, it was between $30 and $40 based on which, which um, level you have. For Disneyland, it ranged anywhere from $50 to $150. Mine's $150. So, so yeah, so substantially more, yep. um, you know, again, not, not trying to assume anything, but I will say I find it, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that this also happened around the same time that they're determining some of the settlement information for the Magic Key lawsuit. I think that not necessarily that this money is to go to distribute that, right. but I think it's a way... It, to be able to not have as many restrictive days for Disneyland annual passes, yep. they have to find a way to have fewer of them. Or, you know, So I think that's, that's kind of why you're seeing the prices increasing more substantially there is to make sure that Magic Key holders can go to the park and take advantage of all the benefits of their annual pass. As, as is required with this settlement that is uh, coming out. I think I saw somewhere they're only like the people that were involved in it, you're only getting like average of like $67 or something like that. So like when we say settlement there, you know, people are not getting rich off of their, um, right. their, their magic key. Um, but the to more to your point is that I think that it changes the way the program looks and hopefully will make it, you know, for those that want to use their passes more often, which was the point of having a pass, mm -hmm. right. Um, that this should hopefully do that. So we'll see, we'll see how that all shakes out. Um, and uh, if you're, somebody who's like, oh, I never thought about getting an annual pass. Again, kind of just do some basic math and figure out how many times, how many dates, days you would be going to either park to determine if it's worth it. Um, I think now my Disneyland numbers of days, I think are like, I want to say it's up to like 11. I think I have to go into the parks 11 days to make the annual pass a break even. And that's before discounts and whatever, which Disneyland is pretty generous with their discounts. You can you can use all, you can get a lot of discounts on food and merch and stuff there. So if you're going to be buying those things, then you can certainly girl math that in there too. But um, but I think I'm up to like 11 days or 12 days there uh, for next year should work because I plan to go for D23 Expo. Uh, we've got Ren Disney is back. I'm crossing my fingers that we get a second race at some point at at Disneyland. So that would be there and then. You know, I will go to Oogie Boogie Bash until they kick me out. Um, unless, of course, I don't get into Oogie Boogie Bash. That's a whole nother story. But we're going to knock on all the wood that that's just not going to happen because I would be so sad if I couldn't go do Oogie Boogie. I do love it. Um, okay, so that those tickets went up. And then also just like your regular day tickets also went up at Disneyland for sure. Um, digital downloads of uh, the, the magic. Uh, what am I trying to say here? Photo pass, um, memory maker. That's the name of it. Memory maker also went up in price. Um, so again, like everything changes and it's not, it's not, we're not surprised, but yeah, they, you know, everything went up a little bit. 
Yeah, and one other note thing I noted was for the the category of, you know, tours and enchanting mm-hmm. extras, which includes again some of the backstage stuff. It includes things like the the fireworks, dessert parties, mm-hmm. the cruises. Um almost everything did have at least some level of price increase for some like the the caring for giants that you can do at Animal Kingdom. I think it was a four dollar increase. So some are small, but one really important thing to note about that is for some of the tours, and I know the fireworks dessert parties in generals, they're now moving to the date-based pricing, similar to what you get with when you're looking at your tickets for Walt Disney World. It's no longer going to be a consistent price for all of these bonuses. I did see the the Keys to the Kingdom tour that goes through Magic Kingdom. That one, the lowest price for like the date range is actually slightly lower than the average price now. Again, only by like four or five dollars. Not hey, much. bargain day. But <laughs> I, did see, I think there's so the date price pricing. You hear that, and you're yeah. thinking it's always going to be more. Not necessarily, but that's really important if that's something that you're factoring into mm-hmm. what day you might want to do that, or even what trip if you're doing multiple trips over the year. Definitely take a look at when when the pricing might be higher or lower based on when you're going. So that's a very good tip. Um, I want to do the um, the uh, Africa trek. The yes, the, the wild well, Africa trek. Yes, I really want to do that one, and um, I haven't booked it yet, but I will actually now take that into advice, uh, Teresa, and see which one of my trips might um, come up with the, 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 the less expensive option now that we're doing date-based pricing. Because yeah, it does. It, they'll get you. They'll get you on those popular uh, weekends. So yeah, definitely something to pay attention to. Um, uh, that's a little of the bad news. Uh, let, let's talk about the good news, the best news, the news that just like made me I mean, I can't do backflips, but I would have done a backflip if I could do a Taylor Lautner backflip because uh, park hopping is back. All day park hopping is back January 9th, but it's coming back. Um, And that has been, if you've listened to any of my rants on this show, uh, that has been like my biggest complaint is it's really, really freaking stupid and annoying um, that we weren't allowed to park hop sooner. Uh, Disneyland is still holding to their 11 a.m. As of this recording, that could change. Um, So Disneyland, you can park hop after 11. But honestly, that didn't, I didn't have any grief about that because I could go into Disneyland, do two or three hours of something there and then park hop over. But at Disney World, they made me wait till two o'clock, Teresa. I didn't like that. Yes, and for me... That was always the challenge I had on the days I was trying to use Genie Plus, because if you are in one park and then you are trying to schedule something for later or for your, it was just so much of a challenge to figure out when you would actually be in the other park. And I know they made some changes to like how you can pick your times Mm -hmm. now, but that was always a struggle I had. It was like, I don't know when I want to maybe start doing something later if they only have available after a certain time, because I don't know when I'm actually going to be able to get to that park or the times available to me we're not in the afternoon and having to keep checking back was very frustrating you don't want to be on your phone the entire trip i don't want to be on my phone and i'm just also i'm a four parks one day kind of (laughs) gal very challenging to do when you can't go to the second park until until two two (laughs) o'clock very hard to accomplish so yeah for me sometimes i just want to pop in do one thing early in the morning because of wait times and then spend my day somewhere else Now, um, also to note in this is that for annual pass holders, uh, while we still, you know, again, the park hopping timing restriction is going away for everybody, but the 
the need for a reservation is not totally going away for annual pass holders. Um, so you still would need a reservation if you are going into a park before 2 p.m. or all day at Saturdays and Sundays at Magic Kingdom. Uh, so you still need the reservations, but they are now introducing some more of the good to go days, which is something that Disneyland has had for a while mm -hmm. now. Um, but basically the good to go days, meaning that there's gonna be some days where you don't need to worry about having that reservation in the morning. And yep. hopefully if that goes well, if they can make sure that they're able to staff appropriately based on other factors, Hopefully the good to go days are a sign that the annual pass reservations are good to go too. good to go away. <laughs> so my, my issue with this is that I, I think it's more a case of um, they're just trying to control how many annual pass holders show up on any given day more so than it is a staffing. You know what I mean? Like they want, they don't make as much money in my, my opinion, Jane fights me on this every single time. So, ha, she's not here. I can say this. Um, my opinion is they don't make as much money off of an annual pass holder as they do off of like a, a regular uh, ticket holder who's coming in on vacation, right? Like people like me and you, Teresa, even, and Jane, we cruise in, we do a couple rides or we have our experiences and then we leave most of the time empty handed and without food in our bellies, right? Where there's a lot of people that will come in and they will spend a lot of money uh, because they're there with their entire family and they're experiencing the parks and, you know, they're doing all those things. So in my head, I was just like, this is their way of still like trying to make, not make it harder on us, but like limiting how many annual pass holders can be in, in, in any given day. I think at this point, especially at Disney world, I don't feel like that's the big issue anymore. I feel like Disneyland, I could kind of, buy it a little bit more than Disney world. So I I'm still team, like just get rid of the reservations. I don't think anybody needs them, but we'll see. So the, the only thing I'll say back to that is because while Disney world does have the date based pricing for tickets, I think for people who do have a general guest ticket, that's how they know how yes. many of them are coming in. And I think to your point, it is trying to balance, you know, how mm -hmm. many, annual pass holders are not, not there at a given time, but making sure that there's not maybe going to be a huge influx that you didn't prepare for. So I think because- What did they call us? The, the un, 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 undesirable. Okay. Und undesirable mix or whatever. Right. I mean, they're not wrong. Like I get where they're coming from. But yes, along the yeah. way. But I, I think because they can determine that to an extent from the date-based ticketing that they do for, for everybody who's getting a ticket at Walt Disney World that's not an annual pass holder. I think this is still, to an extent, I mean, to, just to make sure that, you know, they are only doing the number of staff that they think they need yeah. versus having overstaffing. So I, yeah. yeah. So I, I do think it's a, a financial decision for sure. Make, but I think it's more based on staffing than it is trying to discourage a certain type of guest. Okay. All right. Well, I, that's a business decision I can respect. So I'll take that. Um, we also have trams back in all four parks, all four parks. That makes me so happy because uh, I, you know, you, you guys know me. I, Time is money and I don't have time to like park way in the back of Epcot and then haul my cookies all the way up to the front um, because I walk really slow. Uh, and so I was paying the extra $20 for the preferred parking like at Epcot, for example. Honestly, I probably still will pay that. However, for those of you who don't want to pay that, 
you now can get on a tram and the tram will haul your cookies for you. You don't have to do those big long walks anymore at the end of the night or the middle of the hot day. Um, I am team tram all the way. I have no actual answer as to why it took so long for all of them to get back online. But my assumption is staffing as always, and they just didn't think they had to. But uh, if you've ever parked in the very back of uh, Hollywood Studios parking lot and had to walk to the, uh, they had to, <laughs> like they, they've needed these trams for a really long time. So I'm so glad that they are coming back too. And I have a, a, a on the topic of transportation, I wanted to add in, this is not something we had in our, our pre, you know, our notes that we had when we were getting together, but uh, I wanted to give an update. So I, I am somebody who, when I go to the parks, I usually rely on transportation from the airport mm-hmm. to, to my resort. I cannot rent a car. So we, nobody wants that. No, nobody wants that to happen. <laughs> so I had previously talked about, you know, very good experiences with Sunshine Flyer, very bad experience with Mears Connect. And on a recent trip, I finally did the first time uh, the Mears Connect driven by Sunshine. (laughs) The merge. (laughs) The merge. And I was very anxious about it simply because of the how bad my experience had been with Mm Mirrors Connect and I again Sunshine Flyer it was great and I I was fully on board with it Uh, even even though having to pay I still wish I miss um, my Magical Express but Sunshine Flyer was a really great alternative and the cost wasn't that substantial going as a single person Um, but so I did finally do the the Mirrors Connect driven by Sunshine happy to say much better than when it was just mirrors. Uh, my biggest issue with Sunshine Flyer was that it was just confusing when you're at the airport, where to go, the lineup, and yeah. getting, get, making sure you got onto the right shuttle. That always felt a little chaotic to me. Um, so the mirrors connect. It is over on the side where Magical Express used to be, and they still have the same. It's essentially same the exact setup. Same it's the same setup. Like they yeah. send you. You have your line, and to say, okay, go to this this number line, and that goes to a certain number of resorts. And I think the first time I had done that, it was like a 45-minute wait for a shuttle. And when I was leaving my resort at the end of my trip, they were 30 minutes late with no communication. Neither of those issues. I was able to essentially go straight onto the shuttle from MCO and sit there for maybe like 10 to 15 minutes while they made sure that they had, you know, enough enough of a full bus uh, to be able to take the shuttle over to the resorts. The ride was pretty quick. And then when I was leaving... Uh, I had, I was actually a little concerned I was going to be slightly late. So I had called to try and see if I could push it back to the next shuttle time. And they were agreeable to that. Like that was a pretty easy process. Um, just, I was just on the shuttle back to the resort and I still had to pick up my bags, but yeah, they were great with accommodating that. But then when I got there and was able to get everything done on time, they still let me on the initial shuttle. So overall, even myself having myself adding a wrench into the the whole situation, uh, it went really well. So I just, I had been very critical of them previously. So I wanted to shout out, it was a good experience. So anybody, I know there's a lot of people trying to figure out, you know, transportation, what's the best way. Uh, If you're still looking for a shuttle option, um, and particularly if you are a solo traveler, the the Mirrors Connect driven by Sunshine, I can recommend after my my last experience. Excellent, excellent. Uh, We also have a new attraction at... Epcot open. What do you think of Moana? Uh, I think we discussed very briefly because I got to see it at after yeah. the um, Destination D. But uh, I, for anybody who did listen to the episode, uh, I actually, this is exactly how I want to see 
characters <laughs> incorporated into Epcot. I think it fits the, you know, especially the location of it, because mm-hmm. this, loca- this is located between the seas and the land, mm-hmm. uh, which is very, very smart placement for this kind of attraction. It's, it, I think it tells, you know, it's the journey of water. I think it actually does, has a lot of really creative elements in there for you to see and play around with water. I think that the way it's, there's enough space uh, for people to move through. One of my favorite things that they have done is there's two different paths in some areas. So there's one path if you want to go and take pictures of something. There's another path if you just kind of want to walk by it and glance at it. So you won't necessarily get held up um, or stuck behind people if you aren't interested in taking photos at go the time. Go Disney. <laughs> that was great. Um, and yeah, I, I and they. This is not about the attraction itself, but Disney did something that I've been wanting them to do for so long. Is they put up an hour long or so video on the day that this opened um, onto their YouTube channel. That's it, like just the atmosphere of it. So they have some. There's nobody there, and it's just some a video of the different elements of it, uh, and you get to hear just like the background music playing. I think Disney does not do enough to promote their background music and to promote those kinds of things. Uh, AKA give me a new CD of all of your background tracks. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yes. I love that they did that. Um, but my favorite thing is that all of the characters from Moana are in this attraction. Moana does have a dedicated meet and greet area uh-huh. that she wasn't there when I had the, the preview of it, but all of the characters are in this attraction, but not in your face in the attraction. Got Some it. of them are a little harder to, find than others i had to have somebody point a few out to me okay but it's to me it's they they have the characters in there they have you know the edutainment as part of it it's just it's gorgeous if you haven't had a chance to go yet it looks amazing especially as it's starting to get to be dusk and some of the the lighting package is, yeah. is starting to be displayed so i love this and it, looks- I think it was a great addition for, for just, yeah it's a it's good just, you just need more. I, I think all parks need more water features. And this is a great way of incorporating that. Okay. So, okay. So you have that there. And then we also have, you can meet Moana also at Animal Kingdom now. Uh, so I think, and I think, I think she's the only princess in the park. Or maybe Pocahontas is still there too. Pocahontas. I'm not sure if Pocahontas is still meeting there. Yeah, I'm not sure either. So she might be the only princess in Animal Kingdom right now is Moana. So FYI, if, if that's your if that's your jam. Uh, we also have a report. I don't know when Disney's going to get it together, but we apparently have this new rule where we cannot have two water parks open at the same time at Walt Disney World. Um, this is our, our new experience that we are, are living with. And so that being said, Typhoon Lagoon... Jason Kelsey, Typhoon Lagoon is shutting down for a little while. So if you were going to make a return, you might want to put that off till it reopens. Just, I got you. Um, So Typhoon Lagoon is going to close for refurbs and Blizzard Beach is reopening. uh, And that is November 6th. And I want to say Blizzard Beach went down like in the end of April. Cause I, I went for my first time to Blizzard beach in April and I came home thinking I was going to put my video together and put a blog post up about it. And then they closed it. And I was like, ah, well, guess I don't have to do that now. <laughs> um, however, it's now being reopened. So maybe I'll get around to this one of these days and get that together for you. Um, in case you're curious about Blizzard beach. And if you're interested in going to one of these water parks, um, that one was, I, I thought it was fun. I thought it was I thought it was cute. Um, it was a nice day for it. 
I have no massive complaints about Blizzard Beach um, at all, um, but I can't compare it to, to Typhoon Lagoon because I haven't been. So, and apparently won't be going anytime soon. <laughs> Maybe April, maybe they'll have it up right. in by the time I get there for the next race weekend. So we'll see about that. Um, the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. And then just a little like teaser. The next time you see Teresa and I, we will probably be doing one of our live blogging, which you know is always a crap show because maybe Teresa- I haven't been in one yet. I have no, I have. No, Teresa might be the secret. We ate, we ate something. We at did. Animal Kingdom. We, we ate did. The, um, the jelly donut. The but jelly I think donut. that was only that only went to the Facebook group. I did. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have not been at one of the events. So live, live well, events. Teresa might keep me, you know, better on on task than Jane. Cause you know, she was at both of the other two and that did not work out. So I'm, I'm hopeful maybe Teresa will keep me, keep me going, but we're, we'll put together some live um, while we're there kind of a podcast episode and we'll put it back out here for you um, for podcast listeners, straight podcast listeners. Um, you did not get the two episodes of um, Oogie Boogie Bash or uh, not so scary Halloween party simply because there wasn't a lot of talking going on. Um, most of that ended up being like the video of what happened. And I did take a lot of video while I was there and put it together for the YouTube watchers. Um, but I did not uh, remember to like pop on and have conversation enough. So it, so there wasn't enough like conversation to like strip and put it out just for you guys to listen to. However, if you want to see what those are like, uh, we do have that on the YouTube channel uh, for you. So my hope is that for Jollywood Nights, we will do a little bit better job with that. And you will, podcast listeners will actually get a review from this. Uh, Teresa and I are going to Jollywood Nights. This is the first year for this, the first night of the party, which literally means it's going to be a crap show. Like it, like it stuff is, it's not, I can already guarantee you there will be complaints that a lot of people are going to walk away from this because again, Disney sometimes has to do things and then they have to reassess and adjust and whatever. I have no idea. I haven't seen anything yet. If there's going to be like a cast preview a night or two before, usually there are for these kinds of things. So hopefully if they do that, then there'll be some feedback given, you know, for that as well. Um, but I know I'm excited about it. I know Teresa's excited about it. Um, they came out with some information for us uh, from a food aspect Um which I'm also terrible about like eating food at these parties. I hardly ever do it. So maybe again, Teresa will keep me on path to, to do that because I have picked out three things, three things, two or two that I need and one that Teresa needs. Yes. I also um, have three things. Okay. Need, okay. So, okay. So we'll, but, we'll see. But um, the, the food options, the thing that made Teresa's phone blow up was the fact that there is a Santa Gertie cookie. Yes, and it will be obviously at um, Gertie's Ice Cream of Extinction yes. over in Echo Lake. Uh, the cookie is just, it's adorable. It's I actually adorable. am very conflicted on eating it because 
I have a little conflicted. It's cute, but also I'm like, oh, it's Gertie. I we'll see how it goes. But it's gonna be it's a sugar cookie with mint icing, and it's just so cute. You um, also it's, it says it's also gonna be available with mint soft serve, which is new because Gertie's has only ever done chocolate vanilla and swirl, or okay. at least but, you know usually that's what they have. So because a lot of these items have seemed to be that they're only going to be available at the party, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to find out if stuff like that mint soft serve will still be available during the day for guests. So kind of hard I'm to transfer that over. So we'll that's something like that. Yeah, yeah so I'm we'll curious. see. We'll um, see. We're not going to go over all of the food they announced because it was a lot. A lot. Um, the Disney Parks blog has their foodie guide for it. Uh, but it does seem like most of the quick service is going to have a special menu for the event, uh, excluding the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and Toy Story Land. But all of the restaurants that are on you know, Hollywood Boulevard, Commissary Lane, Echo Lake, and Grand Avenue, which is where Baseline and Pizza Rizzo mm-hmm. are. So I know I'm sure, Patty, you want to go check out Pizza Rizzo. If, even if not one of the food items, I'm sure we're going to go check that out to see if there's anything fancy happening up there. I, you, we got, we got to pop in to the uh, to to the to the venue and see how how it's how it's going for this party because it'd be fun if they did something up there too. Yes, and it's we not right. I, one of the things that stood out to me is it's not like there's one or two special items at each of these. It looks like the entire menus for Honestly. all of these is an entirely new menu just for this event. My hope is that since it is full full menus changes, that it will hopefully spread out some of the people a little bit because that yes. was a concern I had is that you're, you know, for Gertie, you're going to have to stand in line because she does not have mobile order, which is also a note I'm going to make. But yeah, my hope is that this will help distribute people a little bit so you're not just spending the entire party waiting in line for food well can um, i tell you they, where i'm eating yes i want to eat at fairfax fair yes the is it the holiday turkey popover yes ma'am it yes. is <laughs> <laughs> okay good so that is we will be doing a live that, review of that <laughs> absolutely that is screaming my name i um this is described as a roasted turkey creamy mashed potatoes topped with gravy cranberry chutney chives and in a house-made popover i mean hello that is that's my love language. If you don't know, I love absolutely, I could eat Thanksgiving dinner 365. Like Jane's got Halloween 365. I could eat Thanksgiving dinner 365. Okay. I love it so much. So I am all for this. And when I saw that, my eyes just lit up and I'm going to pair that. I don't know that it's going to pair really well, but I don't care anyway. I'm going to pair it with the mistletoe martini at the oh, same location. Yeah, this is Tito's vodka with um, elderflower liqueur mixed with cranberry juice and topped with fresh cranberries and mint leaves. A, it looks beautiful. So obviously Instagram worthy, but more so uh, I think it's going to have a, a fair amount of uh, oomph to that. And so I'm, I'm down with this. Yeah, but this is my this is my stop for food at dessert. We will get our cookies and ice cream for sure, for sure. But yes. this is and where I, I want to eat. The other one is over by, it's over in Echo Lake. So Epic Eats, which is like the funnel cake stand that's, you know, sort of near where Indiana Jones is. Mm-hmm. They are having a spicy Korean chicken funnel cake, Ooh. which is spicy fried Korean chicken with pickled vegetables on top of a mini funnel cake. I'm just, this to me, that's like, there's my love language right there. I'm very excited to try that one. Um, but the one thing I was mentioning they did not indicate, and I'm hoping they will, but they did not indicate that all of this will be available for mobile order. Right. The only reason I am not convinced it will be is because of Disney IT 
having to change all of that over in the system. And especially on day one, if there's any challenges that, you know, I, I'm hoping you'll be able to mobile order things. Cause again, I think that will make it a lot so smoother, smoother of an experience yeah. for people who are being distributed and not having to just wait in line for food. Yep. But, uh, but they, yeah, so they did not confirm it's all going to be available via mobile order yet. Hopefully it will be. Uh, one thing that you will be doing in your app is for the uh, Jazzy Holidays at the Hollywood Brown Derby. This is the only sit-down dining, right. I believe, that has a special menu. Uh, but you will not be able to do advanced dining reservations for it. They have said that if you want to do this experience, to uh, go use your app um, and use the walk-up reservation uh, feature in there. So and that's actually nice because it does tell you about how long it'll be before your wait time. Did they I would mention say, the Tower of Terror party? That one just says drop by. drop by, drop okay. by, drop by the dazzling twilight soiree. Uh, well, so we'll I think pick that up one, our drink and our popover, and then go drop by and stand in line because I'm yeah, guessing so that I, we'll be dropping by for a long time. <laughs> yeah, so it'll be, like, it, it'll be interesting to see how how well that does with getting people in and out. Uh, so that's the one that I I think will hit capacity early on. Absolutely. Um, you know, hopefully people will be respectful and, you know, spend their time there and then go explore other things so new people can spend their time there. But yeah, so that we'll see. We'll see how that works out. But for the Hollywood Brown Derby, I would say if that's something that's high on your list to do, try to do the walk-up reservation early because right. it could get full. And again, we've talked about with looking at Genie Plus, you don't want to have to be spending your entire night on your phone looking to wait and see if something comes up. So I would say as soon as you get there, as soon as that reservation, walk-up reservation starts to open, just be ready to, to get in on it. Teresa. Yes. What Are you willing to tell us what your what your outfit plan looks like, what your bound is going to, are you doing a bound or are you just doing, okay, you are doing a bound. I, I feel like we talked about this, but now I can't, it's been so long. I can't remember it, what you said. I am not going to say exactly okay. what it is yet, but it is holiday themed. It is a character holiday themed and I am doing a dapper glittery version of it. Okay. So they I have said- zero plans yet and I need to get on your level because like this is my chance to like embrace it because I have somebody who's going to embrace it fully with me. So I need to get with you and figure out what we're going to wear because yes. I want I want to have some fun with this one. And they've and so I think there's been some interesting conversation about Jollywood Nights um, for people thinking that it's specifically an adult only event. I think there has been some it's not like it's, it's, not. it's not adults. Kids only. are absolutely invited. They're selling. But- kids tickets so yes you... but some of the language does make it seem like this is much more going to be geared towards adults yeah. than for um mickey's very merry christmas party so i do i do think they're trying to not discourage people from bringing kids or say that you can't bring no. kids but i think they are trying to emphasize things about the event that it is going to be more of an adult focused event uh which i'm excited about i am too I, i'm doing both i you you opted out of the mickey's very merry with me but i'm gonna do mickey's very merry the night before and then i'm gonna do jellywood nights the next night um partially for a comparison contrasting kind of situation but that's my expectation is that at least based on what we're seeing is that my guess will be that the the recommendation will be if you have little kids um you might prefer the magic kingdom party versus adults only, or even just teenagers, you know, you might find the Jollywood nights worth doing 
assuming they do this again next year, um, you know, that this becomes something that they, they bring back, which I'm excited in theory about it. Everything looks fun and amazing and cool to me. So and, and Muppets. We did not mention Muppets we yet didn't in this episode. Muppets. Yeah, I we am, got Muppets, man. I'm very excited for this Muppet variety show, which they haven't said much about other than it's happening. They put um, out some new um, artwork and they yes. did show Piggy and Kermie on the stage. So we know like the Muppets themselves will be there. They're yes. going to be like, it's not going to be a, a you know, a and, and I believe whatever. they've confirmed some princesses are going to be yes. there. I think Tiana and Belle are two Sounds I remember right. specifically. So it's, it's going to be, I think a mix of like holiday songs mm-hmm. and Disney songs. So we, we haven't gotten a ton of information. Don't know how yet, we're going to fit all this in Teresa. We've got so much to do I that know. night. <laughs> Muppet, yes. So I was like, Gertie cookie and Muppets are really my top two priorities for this event, which should surprise, surprise nobody. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm kind of focusing in on this holiday Turkey man. Um, and then the, my other top one is I, I do want to get into that party. Even if I just stay for five, 10 minutes, the, the, at the tip top. At the tip top. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, we, we've got some priorities. We've got some, some things that we're going to, we're going to figure out. And Jane will be so excited because not on any of my list is riding a ride. I mean, well, I, if we're over by Tower of Terror. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> Tower of Terror is my favorite ride in all of Walt Disney World. I love it. I love it. Depending on lines, but yeah. because... I am going to be, you know, again, trying to go with a old Hollywood vibe for my outfit. I do want to ride it while I'm, Absolutely. You know, it's, it's thematically appropriate. Absolutely. And it would make great pictures. So we're, we're, we're going to try to try to make this happen. Um, okay. Any other news-ish type stuff that we want to yes. touch on? One okay. other holiday note, uh, because we did get the names of the narrators for Candlelight yes. Processional. And it was seems substantially more newcomers this year than returning. Uh, there are some of the fan favorites, like Neil Patrick Harris. John Stamos, Marley mm-hmm. Matlin, and Stevis Curtin Chapman. They are all on the list to come back. Um, but some of the really notable newcomers that I'm excited about um, so we have Anne Margaret, um, Audra McDonald, Jordan Fisher, aka yep. Happily Ever After, um, and the one I'm the most excited about and I am the most disappointed to not be able to see, Brendan Fraser is making his debut for Candlelight Processional. I am so sad that I will not be there to see that. I wonder if they're going to bring him coffee. I know. It's like, I want that joke to be made, even though it's a completely other <laughs> Completely different park, but somebody needs to bring him some coffee just up on stage. Yes. Candlelight Processional is every night between November 24th and December 30th in Epcot. So go take a look at the list of yes. narrators if you have not yet. I think um, I have that for you guys somewhere too. I'll put that in the show notes also. I'll yes. That but, but yes, yeah. um, I would say everybody go to Brendan Fraser on my behalf and <laughs> cheer very loudly for him. You can go to see Malou for, on my behalf and cheer very loudly for him because he's adorable and I love him so much. Um, and he is making his return he was there last year too um okay i think that wraps up this version of events the next time you see us well there may be a wine and dine recap with jane depending on depending on life you know how this how how our how we roll so there may be a wine and dine recap with jane but there will definitely be a Teresa and patty 
discussion of Jollywood Nights um, because it's going to be it's going to be like the biggest party of the year, I think. We'll see. I'm very. <laughs> I'm super excited about it, though. Um, okay. Anything else? Uh, where can they find us? Yes. So if you have any questions, you know, uh, Wine and Dine is coming up soon. So if you yes, have any please. questions about it, um, or if you are coming up with your plans for Jollywood Nights, really, if you have anything to discuss with us Disney related, we're happy to do that in our Facebook group, which is No Guilt Disney on Facebook. Um, you can also email us any questions you have at noguiltdisneypod at gmail.com. And make <laughs> sure you join us each week on the No Guilt Disney podcast, because as Patty likes to say, it is no fun to fangirl. Taylor Swift and the Kelsey Brothers alone. <laughs> I think you are alone on this one, though. <laughs> no, I'm not alone. Listen, y'all come join us in the Facebook group. We're, we're all inclusive and we're welcoming there. <laughs> we'll make it work. We'll make it fit with Disney. I promise. Bye, y'all. <laughs>